Hello and welcome to the Airbuds Podcast. It's happening whether you like it or not. But we hope you like it. My name's Jamel. My name's Peter. We're Mikeless again. Instead of the three Harlem Globetrotters at the top of the key, it's just Jamel and I doing solid chest passes back and forth. Yep. Mike is doing his one weekend at the Army Reserves. <laughs> yeah. That's so, what happened. It's just us. <laughs> Army Reserves, that's what's uh that's his basketball strike. His basketball strike with Ben Simmons continues. They both shut <laughs> uh, their phones off and are in Army school. I heard Ben Simmons wants to play for a good basketball team. I, well, who would have him, you know? He, he will only agree to play for one of the good ones. Okay. Uh, I'll give you Kevin Love for Ben Simmons straight up. Who says no? Uh, everyone in America still. Okay. Despite everything I've just said. Absolutely not. Airboatspod.com for everything. Patreon.com slash Airboatspod to hear our second weekly show that we do because we love people. All mm-hmm. the people in the Discord, you get to join that also. Um, mm-hmm. Leave a five-star review. We will read anything you put out there. Um, shout out to the one-star reviews we've been getting, though. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Yeah. What do we do to you? You fucking cowards. What? You, you don't like... That like the a, Wizards get mentioned on the show. Yeah, are, are you, you a Republican st- congressman staffer? Like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, I don't like that. Some like all all of the sports shows I do have also somehow become liberal shows, well, progressive programs, which I didn't sign up for. I'm a be I mean, real. That, that's just the I'd, company you keep. Yeah, I know, but uh, I did buy an NRA T-shirt today. <laughs> I just want to let everybody know it's not you know hey. Jamel will be opening for Louis C.K. at Madison Square Garden. You can check him out there. I've done it once. I'll do it again. <laughs> I opened for Louis right before the cutoff, right before it all went down. So really, you opened for Louis when it didn't really help you at all. Who's nastier, Louis or Deshaun Watson? Oh, I mean, Deshaun Watson. For sure. Not even close. Not even close. Still don't feel good having to answer that question. Yeah, it's a terrible question. Should never have been posed. Well, speaking of that, that leads right into our one five star review we got from Mike uh, Benissimo. Our title is Mike Benissimo um, from Lil Stochastic Pimp Daddy, and it just says the Eeyore of podcasting question mark. And uh, talking yeah. about Benner, I guess. Yeah, when is Benner? Benner is kind of Eeyore like. I guess. I don't I'm the saddest one on the show. Yeah, but I think Benner like hates the show. Benner just has a deep a voice because of the size of his penis. <laughs> size. Benner's the guy who goes to like the NBA All-Star event where you can kind of like put your hand inside the hand of the other NBA yeah. players. But and he you can like throw your dick in there, yeah. Right, except he just, like, instead of fitting into Shaq's shoes, he just takes Shaq's shoes and, like, wears them out, and nobody notices because he has size 36 feet. Yeah. Uh, Benner's dick has made him sound dumb and also made him physically stupid. <laughs> so NBA free agency happened. Uh, we won hey. a bunch of gold medals. Summer League hey. started. Hey. And later on on the show... Um, 
we have an awesome interview with Mirren Fader on her book, yeah. uh, Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP slash now a champion. Yes, sir. Um, after so a couple of up. ads, a couple after a couple of ads for Home Depot, we're gonna get that right to you. <laughs> Home Depot and Coors Light. Here we go. You know what's up? Come on, man. The mountains are orange. Listen, Exxon Mobil, baby. We are available to be sponsored. <laughs> Peter, how's your weekend, buddy? How are things going in Peterland? Um, pretty good. I stayed up and watched the the NBA guys do it. Oh, you did. Why? Because yeah. you're because you're a patriot now. You fucking no, fraud. I, no, I mostly just. I think Rudy Gobert was the only thing that would make me actually root for Team USA. Why? Because of the coughing. No, without the coughing, I don't care about that. That he was patient zero. That doesn't matter. Why? Because he's French. A little bit. I just he's just so annoying on a basketball court. He's just large. I just don't like how his shoes look. Honestly, he was kind of doing a hack a shack against himself because he couldn't make any free throws. Um, and there were some guys on that team making threes. You can't convince me that there weren't three TJ McConnells on the French team. There were Colo, Hurdle, all of them dudes. Yeah. They like it's like they were like a like a triplet brothers of McConnells, but French who were like, you know, if not there, they were gonna be on like a high wire act together. Their coach also looks like a guy who would get cucked in a black and white film. <laughs> or like a 17th century British play. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, listen, the team was good. KD is really good. Um, Jason Tatum was good. The team was good, as advertised. They got Pop doing defensive slides in the hotel lobby, man. It's fun. Draymond, you know, I think maybe Draymond knocking that ball out of the cylinder was the most impressive thing that happened in all of the Olympics. Like the Bro, only I, guy who like read the rule book on the way over to Japan. Yeah, man. Because he didn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> he had all this free time. I mean, they the, the French team is pretty legit. I mean... It's cool to see like French, French team, you know, Lucas squad, Ingles squad. There's like real NBA people. Dog, now you love the Olympics? God damn it. No, I don't love the Olympics. Fuck the Olympics. Okay, there we go. I mean, look, every Luka game is worth rewatching for those who got fucked up by Japan time. Go ahead and fire up your NBC Sports app and watch them all. I mean, Luca versus France is a classic. And also, that uh, temper shit runs through all of Slovenia. It's not just Luca. Slovenian people have an attitude. Okay, no comment for me. Hey, they've been through some stuff. And it shows. Him. Come on, man. Goran's older brother got to get fucking kicked out the game. These motherf- They had two techs in an international... Two techs, you get the, you know, two shots and the ball. Two techs in a two-point game. One-point game. Yeah, that's not surprising. Goddamn. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. I don't know. They were good. This team was underappreciated. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton 
were very nice. Come on, man. Um, they all Jason rode Tatum. together. Two dudes, three dudes who played against each other in the finals were all on the same plane going to the Olympics, man. This was a great. Everybody who was like, we're going to lose is an asshole. The only reason you even said that is because Luca was there. And yeah, no. you're an asshole. Oh, yeah. Count me an asshole. Did you watch the 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 women's game? I made everybody last. I made uh, a handful of my friends from high school turn off UFC and watch the women's final. And this was met with mixed reviews. <laughs> You're like, whatever, dude. I'm a fucking push notification on your phone. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And they basically, because they have seen my face on NBA TV now, they gave me carte blanche. But, you know, uh, fuck them. I needed to watch it. <laughs> and also, like, how many times do you see them? Maybe once a year? Yeah. The women's team, right? Not my friends. Oh, yeah. No, I was talking about your friends. But sure, the women's team, too. Oh, once a year. <laughs> I mean, I, they, yeah, they kicked everyone's butt. I don't really know what much else to say about it. And so I know that there are more people, there's people more currently skilled than Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi that could be on this team. But after watching them control the final and um, just cruise, it's like, how can you not let these two women go off in a blaze of glory? No one's ever won five gold medals. So we're not going to give them a chance because NECA should win one. I, I thought mean, we was about medals. I thought this was the United States. I thought we needed prestige, glory. We don't think if Subert can play at 40, we don't think NECA can squeeze into Paris. No, I, what I, okay. What I mean to say, I think, the roster spot that was messed up was Nafisa Collier. I love Nafisa Collier. I think NECA should have got her spot. They did. I mean, Collier didn't even play. She played zero crunch time minutes. Her and Atkins glued to the bench. Dawn Staley tried to put her in early in a group stage game, and she went haywire. She had to put uh, Chelsea Gray and Sylvia Fowles in. I... I feel still like the women's team, and you can correct me here, please. Um, it just feels like the gap is still too wide for me to be concerned about the nitty gritty. Definitely. I mean, they won most games. Well, you know what? They kind of had a little, like the first time they played Japan in the group game, it was close. Uh, they had a close one with France. They wiped Serbia off the face of the earth. America, stop doing that. Yeah, and I think the Australia game was a little, but that ended, they ended up winning everything by 15. I don't know how far away the rest of the world is women's-wise. We might not see these fools lose for like another three Olympics, bro. Yeah, I think uh, Miami will be underwater before. Uh, yeah, because think about all the people. Challenged. Think about the roster that they're going to put together when Bird and Tarasi don't play in three years, all of those people are pissed that they didn't make the team this year. Yeah, they were all on the WNBA All-Star team that whooped the and they shit won. out of they the fucking... And they beat these motherfuckers. 
<laughs> they, Again, they dude, crush them. <laughs> I just need Courtney Williams to get up in there, dog. That's what I'm Did saying. you see the highlights? Have you seen her story? Did you watch the free? Also, okay, first off, major shout out to my Lord and Savior, the patron saint of this podcast, Courtney Williams, for throwing her freak Nick party the day of the gold medal final. She's like, I'm not in the game. I'm gonna look at some ass. And she did. I'm gonna wear my I'm gonna wear my fish flip-flops. And me and my hot girlfriend are gonna look at some ass together with a gallon of crown royal. Honestly, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like the most fun party that's ever happened. Dog, you know it's a black pool party because there's only one person in the pool at all times. <laughs> There's never more than one person in that pool, bro. The pool is conspicuously empty and empty. Empty as fuck. Like, you can't... The thing is, you can't even get COVID in the pool. It's the safest place at the party. Ain't nobody in that pool. Yeah, someone give her a gold medal. That looks like a good time. It was a fucking fantastic time. Uh, God, I love I love everyone. Coming out of Atlanta. All right. Let's talk about free agency for 30 seconds. And we'll get into more free agency later on. Patreon next week. We've got Summer yeah, League yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to COVID for the first victory of Summer League. Knocked off and your Shout wizards. out to Benner for keeping this fucking thing on the on the tracks. And also, goddamn, what is more wizardy than me waiting all weekend? I'm oh I'm so excited. I was going to put on my special wizard's hat for this game and these assholes got to do contact tracing. Game one, they're already done. I looked at, I checked the schedule 3 times today. Yeah, it's over, man. It's over. God damn. It's wild that the NBA you heard nothing about vaccines ever like you hear the every nfl player is half going to training camp and then going home and being like a fucking virologist doing their own studies on what excuse they can have not to take the vaccine we didn't hear dick about that from any nba player did we well i think that's because they had to um because they were locked in the bubble for them three months like nothing is gonna make a group of in shape men who are skeptical of medicine and the government want to take a shot more than being trapped with only dudes for three months <laughs> at Disney World. <laughs> yeah, at Disney World. The only person who was hype is Dwight Howard. Like, yeah, that was that was the straw that broke everyone's back in the NBA. The NFL, on the other hand, they were trying to act like the shit was chill the whole time. It's because of their NBA. That's because they're because the NFL is uh, sponsored by God. Uh, there's a lot of things that they feel they don't have to do because God is just has a protective glaze over their uh, and the NBA is sponsored by uh, Paris Fashion Week. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. I like it. Um, all right, I got a couple free agent th- things I just want to bring up real fast, and then we'll get to Mir and Fader. Um, sure. How do you feel? I feel like when Brad Stevens came on and traded Kemba Walker, we were both like, ooh, Brad Stevens. 
And now the Celtics backcourt is just the Knicks backcourt, and the Celtics have maybe Dennis Schroeder coming up to show for like. Are the Celtics in a shittier place than they were? Is Brad Stevens bad at his job? Are the Knicks in a better place? Like, why does it feel well, like Kemba and Evan Fournier is going to do much better in New York? But t- like Tatum and Brown are probably better collectively than Randall. I get like, I'm just confused. Well, on paper, you know, all we can do is speculate right now. Uh, we're all anxiously waiting to get that that first quarter poll to see who's really fucked up and who's not. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I I've always been like consistency, man. Bring your guys back. If you were close, you bring them back. They're healthy. They're you're gonna be better. That's just one plus one. And trying to flip guys too early is just my least favorite thing about the game. Uh, I'd like to also salute. I It's like, I know that the Celtics were shopping Kimber Walker, but this is just as much a congratulations to the locks and Jada kiss. The verses. Are you aware of this? Go on. Well, I know a portion of our listeners aren't white. You can turn your radio down now because I'm going to explain some things that you know a lot about. Two white people. Uh, the versus last weekend was yeah. the locks. Jada Kiss versus Dipset Cameron. Yeah. It was at Madison Square Garden. Aware it of was, it. Uh, it was the greatest uh, hip hop event in New York City history, at least since like uh, Jay Z uh, diss Nas at Summer Jam. It nothing has been more impact. Like this concert was insane. People are smoking weed in the bathrooms. Uh, you know, what I mean, it was fully out of control. And Campbell Walker watched this and said, you know what? I have to go back to New York City. So. Campbell was traded to the Thunder with a first round pick. Brad Stevens shipped a first round pick with him to get him the fuck out back for Al Horford, which just which is dumb bananas, dumb, and retarded. Then, and then he got. OKC to just buy him out and went back to Madison Square Garden. Very valid. Could have been for the verses. I'll take your word for it. Um, But also, the fact that they, like, it did feel like when you watched the Knicks last year, the one thing that was missing, and I don't know if Kemba's any good for it, but, like, was the guard play. Like, basically, you know, um, it just was like they were missing a point guard who was going to kind of just lead them in the right direction. Basically. Well, what is Al Horford supposed to do? What? Is, okay. Now, as much as we should be congratulating the NBA for actually getting players vaccinated or too vaccinated or whatever, I feel so weird about the NBA's new stance on dating their exes again. The past four or five seasons, what would you say the first like instance of a player getting traded from a team? He has a good run with a team. He gets traded. And then that team a year or two later is like, all right, we'll have you back. Come on back. With with Horford particularly, it's just like, I mean, 
it's like a reliever that you keep around or like a outside linebacker you keep around who's on special teams who's like 34 who's like a good glue guy but like this is basketball man like what good is Al Horford doing you in 2022 like what no clue like I, I don't it's not even like a dating your ex it's like bro can you jump like are you good anymore like <laughs> <laughs> yeah what if your ex <laughs> what if your ex is dead yeah. And then you start dating them anyway. No, I don't know. I don't know what that's supposed to look like. The necromancers. All I know is I am concerned for Boston being better. Um, And, but I don't know, maybe Jason Tatum cooks more and, you know, I eat a fucking knuckle sandwich. Who, who knows? All right, let's move on. I got one more thing to talk about. Um, Celtics, we'll see. Celtics, we'll see. Last thing I'm going to say, you know, um, did the Bulls get better? Are the Bulls just like, like this is what I was kind of worried about with the Bulls. Like, you had a DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. Are you a six seed? We're not sure. We just got to see, man. The hope is that it jails. Maybe not. I don't know. Get the fuck out of here. I'm saying, calm down. Why? What? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll watch basketball this year. Let's get some Aaron Fader because the fuck else are we going to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we could. We'll just, uh, I mean, stay tuned for the Patreon. My mic will work again. I don't know what this is. God damn. I, I just have to tell the story of this day. I'll wait till Wednesday. Keep it for the Patreon. It, yeah, it deserves it. it. It deserves it. Now listen All right, guys. Later. Yep. And welcome back to the show. This is the Airbuds Podcast. Uh, I'm I'm Jamel Still, allegedly. Still Peter. Still Mike. And we have a very special guest here talking with us. Uh, she is a staff writer for The Ringer. Uh, you can check out her incredible work there. But she has a book coming out tomorrow, August 10th. Uh, Giannis, the improbable rise of an NBA MVP. Please welcome to the podcast, Mirren Fader. How are you, Mirren? I'm good. Oh, I got applause. Wow. Yeah, should... no, we. Wow. Yeah. If you're driving, stop your car. Clap. Clap. Yeah. I should. I should come on more often. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are Great. you? I'm. I'm hanging in there. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm feeling a lot of different emotions. <laughs> How many of those emotions were you feeling during the finals? Oh my god! I feel like you, like you know, as you had such like an emotional tie to this that maybe no one else outside of like Giannis's family or like a family member of True Holiday or anyone like was there. Had you ever experienced like a fandom like this before? Literally, like, oh, <laughs> not since I was like a ten-year-old girl, like obsessed with the Lakers. Like I was so into it and when Giannis went down I was scared game days I woke up and I'd be like oh my god it's game day like you'd think I was playing um and my whole family got into it they all started wearing buck shirts and then we had a superstition we had to wear the buck shirt or else they would lose and um I was just so into it I haven't felt like this in so long you know we're not supposed to like cheer in the press box or whatever but this was a very special circumstance when Giannis got hurt did you blame PJ Tucker for wearing his <laughs> shoes before him? I did not. 
I did not blame him. Fair. <laughs> now you wrote a whole whole ass book on Giannis, uh, but not knowing that he was going to win the finals. <laughs> Like a month before the book came out. Is there any like, are you going to write some kind of supplement for it? Like adding the fact, oh, by the way, he's a champion now. I know. I'm um I'm writing the epilogue, epilogue as we speak for the hard, not the hardback, the paperback. My brain is broken, you guys. That's what happens when you're promoting a book. Your brain just starts breaking. Um, so I'm doing the epilogue and uh it's so weird because I'm like God, it it almost it fits with the story, but it's so crazy that it's almost like it doesn't feel real to write it, you know, because a big part of the book was like how the Bucks always struggled, like that people doubted them from its inception, like basketball can't work in Milwaukee. We got decades of losses and mediocrity. And then now I'm adding a chapter about how they won. It's really just crazy. I will cop to uh, being one of those <laughs> people, by the way, of being like the Bucks. I mean, it up until I think about like May of this year, I've I've been saying the Bucks are frauds. <laughs> like Giannis <laughs> deserves a better team. And look, I've been proven wrong. Like they are champions now. Um yeah. I mean, what? the Nets had injuries, so let's just call it what it is. But yeah. I'm a very lucky I'm a very lucky lady. We'll yeah. say you need that. To send a, yeah, you need to send a gift certificate to Katie's right. ass foot. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically to just like shoes.com. Just the shoe. Give a gift certificate to a body part? Look, it's 2021. We can do whatever we want, baby. I think that's a thing. Um, The book opens with this like really uh, like elegant but simple little story about like the struggles of the Antetokounmpo family, like moving, having like being evicted and moving a refrigerator down the road with a tiny skateboard. Um, (laughs) And it it feels very intimate and like what kind of access did you have to the family? Like beyond, I know like you originally wrote a profile of Giannis and that's kind of what led to the book. But like beyond that, like what kind of access did you have? Like, and how like deep did you get to know this, this family? Yeah. So the skateboard anecdote that you're mentioning that came from Costas and I was fortunately able to interview him for us for a third time right before the world shut down um, because he was playing for the defenders and I was, I'm in LA. So, Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned the story. So that's where it started. I spent the whole day with them. I interviewed the mom, um, Costas, Alex, the youngest brother and Giannis himself. And so being in their home and then being at the Bucks facility, there was just so much there that I didn't use for the story that was just like left on the cutting floor. So I was able to use all of that. And then I got the book deal in March 2020. Um, so a year later, and I flew to Milwaukee right before the world shut down, like probably like a week and a half. And I interviewed the NASA's again and Costas and Alex. So I got the brothers multiple times, which was really helpful because looking at them, looking at their perspective, looking at their older brother through their eyes, um, like nobody knows him better. So I was just super grateful they met with me a couple of times. And and then COVID hit and I couldn't go anywhere. So I did 221 interviews from this here apartment. So Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So I obviously would have liked to be more in person and do all of that, but I think COVID really wrecked a lot of my plans for that. For each interview, did you like scrape like a Roman numeral into your wall? Like (laughs) like a tally? 
I was, you know, it was so, because I live alone. And so it was like 15 months of just straight up, like, it's just me and me, you know? And, and I would just be talking to these people um, really early in the morning because like, Greece and LA time difference is crazy. So at 6 a.m. our time would be like, you know, dinner time for them. And so I just was, I felt like I was up at all hours, just like Giannis, Giannis. I just, I have to get this guy. Okay, I'll stay up till whatever. So yeah, it really, and then I lost track of time. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't really do anything. So it was really isolating for sure. Who's got the best virtual background in the Antetokounmpo family? That I don't know. Luckily, it was in person because we didn't know COVID was going to be a thing then. You know, like when I went, when I went, I remember my mom was like, get some sanitizer. It's running out in L.A. And I was like, that's a joke. Like, there's no way you can't find sanitizer. Um, And she was right. Listen to your mom. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, so I didn't need to do Zoom with them. I'll never forget going to the Gelson's on early March 2020 and being like, there's no beans. There's no beans. Where's Literally the pasta? no beans. Yeah, like Where there's is no the beans. Spaghetti? There's no toilet paper. People were fucking buying beans to do fucking joke TikTok videos, dude. They weren't even eating them. So I frustrating. Canned yams. Boy. Wow. Different time. Wow. I, we just moved and uh like in the move we found like our our cache of like <laughs> Of sanitizer, <laughs> like that my wife had found like some kind of great deal on like gallon uh, jugs of hand sanitizer, and and uh, we didn't use it all. So if you need if you need some hand sanitizer, Miriam, oh uh, send that you. over. Um, Thank you. So you sounds like you got to know all the brothers. Like was was there any kind of like sibling rivalry between Giannis and Kostas, like about the fact that he became an NBA champion before Giannis did? (laughs) No, like that's the thing. They're genuinely happy for each other. And beyond the rings, just the fact that like, you know, Giannis's career bloomed before Thanasis's, you know, Thanasis is the oldest, like, and he was in the shadow of his brother. And so I actually enjoyed the Thanasis interview most because he just kept explaining like, you know, I've really had to wait my turn. Like I've had to take my time. Like my road was different. And I think it would be really easy to be jealous of a younger brother having success over you. But they're just not like that. I mean, growing up, the they told me that like they never had fights with each other because nobody ever got anything individual to them. So when you share everything and everything is communal, like there's no there's no animosity. And so, you know, of course I'm like, okay, never a fight between siblings. Like, yeah, I'd like to see it, but it's true. Like they really, they're more best friends than family, you know? So they were really happy for each other. That's cute. I wish I knew what that was like. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. The Nasus is like the Michael Jordan of coming out with way too much energy with 17 seconds left on the shot clock uh, or in the, yes. on the, in, in the quarter. Uh, that was really, I think, a lasting impression that he'll leave with me is there was no one, <laughs> no one like him who was ready to sacrifice his body for eight seconds before the commercial break. You know, he's All become right. like a favorite. People like actually like him, at, like for himself. You know, like I feel like people are like, okay, there's no reason this guy should be on the books. Like he's only here because he's honest. And now people like put put the Nasus in. You know, I, it's it's grown. Him and him, him and Bobby Port is definitely kind of. Same, oh, obviously, Bobby did a little bit more, but <laughs> yeah. um, just that that energy. Um, something that I, 
you know, kind of took away from this as I'll always bring everything back to Cleveland and LeBron is, oh um, <laughs> you know, Le- uh, I, I just was like surprised how much I kept thinking about like LeBron's story growing up and like hearing about how many times he moved with his mom and just kind of so many of these similar struggles that were just kind of happening in a different part of the world. But also, I don't know, it was pretty like, it was, I don't know, obviously being from, you know, being an immigrant two times over in terms of coming over here and just kind of, I was just surprised how uh, relatable or probably how many similar stories there are to people who make it in the U S and it kind of, I don't know, it just seemed like way more familiar to me than I kind of anticipated feeling. If that makes any sense. Yeah, dude, I've had to walk to work before. Yeah. Well, so have I. All right. <laughs> it happens. Well, I think like what's interesting though is like even though it's relatable and there's these similarities, like the system for him to get into basketball is totally different. Like there's no AAU, there's no classic path, there's no like the fact that he actually made the NBA is still miraculous to me because he wasn't even on the top team in his own country. And so coming from this lowly division, um, because his game more fit with American basketball than European basketball, because his body's different from pretty much any of the other players on the court, is fascinating. But um, that's why, also just to your point about like universality, that's why people love Giannis. You know, they actually have like nothing in common with him and his upbringing. They have no idea what it's like to be an undocumented immigrant um, in a mostly white country, and yet they feel attached to him because. They like that he didn't start out a superstar. They like that he respects his mother. It's just like a very sweet um, kind of narrative that that he has. Giannis said recently something to the effect of that, like he doesn't want to be the face of the NBA. He's just like happy to like make his money, be a champion, and win basketball games. Um, yeah. How like how authentic is that? <laughs> Cause like, doesn't every NBA player want to be the face of the NBA or is he truly well, this humble guy that, that he presents? Does he have a choice? Like if Adam Silver is like, Hey, guess what? You taking these pictures. Like, <laughs> is, like is he not going to take the picture? Well, Adam Silver's trying to make Zion the face of the NBA. Let's be honest. He's also true. Trying to make Zion happen so hard. But yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. Giannis, does Giannis have a choice, but to, to be the, the face of the NBA now. I mean, I kind of not, but kind of yes. I mean, if you look at the fact that we know almost nothing about this guy um, up to this point, other than like sold trinkets on the street and kind of like loose anecdotes about his life, it's that's a personal choice and also a failure of the NBA to market him. Um, like he doesn't, hasn't shared a story and the NBA doesn't market him the way it should. You know, it's investing so much money internationally in like NBA India, for example, putting in millions of dollars for years to try to find the next Giannis from India or the Global Academy in Australia, trying to find the next Giannis in Australia. And yet when they come to the league, they're not, you know, they're not marketed as the face. So I think, you know, that needs to change. But I I really do find it authentic with Giannis because one of my favorite quotes in the book, he said this like a couple years ago, maybe like three years ago, I think. He was like, you know, a lot of people in my life tell me that I can be the face of the league, that I have that potential. But 
I also hear that people say I don't have American swagger. They say, why do you have an accent? Why do you do this? And so, and he said, if I can't be the face of the league being myself, then I don't want to be the face of the league. So I think it's not really an issue of does he want to be the face or not? I think it's, it's a little bit more complicated. It's can he be the face of the league and be respected and dignified as exactly himself? Um, and is he allowed to express himself that way? And is he celebrated that way or not? Because if he's not going to, then he's not going to be the face of the league. So with him, it's not a matter of like, you know, do you want to be the greatest of all time? This, this has so much to do with like other conversations we're seeing in other sports as well about, you know, racism and geography and, and language. There is something also that feels slightly charged about Giannis um, and kind of the criticism of how his game needed to grow and like his shooting. And obviously that was exacerbated by free throws, but it just feels like there's something kind of charged behind that in a way that I coming from Europe or just kind of being from a different place. There's a different kind of conversation happening around him where like he won the way he is. And I know I am guilty of this too, where I say, well, he should be shooting more threes. Yeah, he should be growing say, his how game. Do you, how I'm, do oh, you I'm feel listening. when you For sure. But things. this is but this is kind of the narrative we all buy into of saying like he has to fit into this box. And again, I'll talk about LeBron, but like, you know, same with LeBron, same with Kobe. It's like there's a certain way that their career matures that we're used to, that we're trying to fit into something. But when you watch him take like two steps and travel 20 feet and just make a block that is like unheard of, like, I I don't know, it's just um, it makes me kind of question, like, how much of those narratives are my own or our own and kind of how we can, um, I don't know, not buy buy into those because he's only going to get better and um, it shouldn't have to be in the way that like we're used to seeing. Well, guys, I think the real reason he doesn't want to be the face of the league is because he likes being horny online too much. <laughs> we don't have to elaborate, okay? We know the truth, all right? Just not if you agree, Marin. We don't, we're not here to be smirch. We know you're a serious journalist, but the man, he's got some tendencies. Oh, my God. You see my face? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean, I think that but, goes to what you're saying, Marion, about him like he aggressively wants to be himself. So he's going to post the blowjob bell on Instagram live. He's going to wear the dick pic shirt. Like, and in a way, like if the NBA like doesn't like want to make that the face of the league, then he's fine with it. I mean, and that's appealing I think, in a way. Yeah, I th- I don't think that's the issue. I, I think it's both personal as well as just, I mean, look, we have like commentators on the NBA's broadcasting system that refused to say his name correctly. Like there's just bigger yeah. issues. There's just bigger issues at hand, you know, yeah. and it's ridiculous. I thought, you were about to mention, I thought you were about to mention Marv Albert. Me too. I was like, are you about to I'm talk so about sorry. Marv Albert? Oh my God. I was not going there, but I do want to respond to something you just said about like the conceptualization of him. Okay. I, this is key because I think he's just been miscast his entire career. I think it was a mistake from the beginning to compare him to Kevin Durant and LeBron. Those were the guys that they said he could be like early on, like Nick Batum and, um, you know, early on, like at the draft, Bill Simmons said he could be, um, a Greek Paul George, you know, and I, I think this this insistence that he should be like KD and he's his alter ego was just wrong, you know, because he couldn't shoot 
back then either, but he didn't need to because he just got to the basket so effortlessly. And then we placed this this mold on him, even though it didn't really correspond with his strengths or weaknesses. So I just, if he would have been cast from the beginning as just like, quote, a modern day big man that can just dunk on everyone and go to the basket and go downhill is unstoppable downhill. I mean, I think we could have avoided this all. But mm-hmm. I also think I also think naming him MVP twice created all of this pressure. If he just would have been great, average like a cool 18 and 10, like it, it just wouldn't have this volume of criticism about the glaring weaknesses it's because they anointed him MVP twice. Of course, that's that brings on the criticism. I mean, there is something inherently with, you know, Everyone, the book of basketball, your boss, but like, you know, we all need to find someone to compare someone to. It's just a comfort and I think human nature and it's so often misguided, but it's just so like, what do you do if not kind of think about your previous experience and how to kind of connect that? Like, I don't like, I don't know if there's a right way for anybody to kind of let someone like him be himself um, and also just want, you know, the same thing happened with, you know, almost like destroyed Kobe and the same thing with LeBron and Kobe. There's always going to be that. And I think there's probably an extra weight considering his path to the NBA and where everyone else kind of had. But there's no one like him. I mean, I think to your point, the NBA fails so incredibly in how they actually want to promote internationally. I will never forget how jarring it was to, in a great way to see like Luca speak in Spanish to the Mexico city crowd when they played uh, Detroit last year, a couple years ago. But like, there are so many simple things that could be celebrated and actually it feels like the international approach for the NBA surprise, surprise is about money and not actually about kind of how you're growing the game in a way that is uh, culturally focused or kind of more globally accessible. Right. Instead, they they want to say, wow, so-and-so knows five languages versus like, you know, in other parts of the world, that isn't considered special or intelligent or unique. That's just like <laughs> everyone is multilingual. Yeah. Um, but but so we just we haven't found the sweet spot between like respecting someone's upbringing and culture and, and celebrating them for that. Uh, where do you see um, like what happens now? Like what changes or how does he grow or how do we look at him differently? Kind of like from your experience in writing this book, like what do you hope to see or what do you think is going to happen with the next, I mean, he's 26, right? Yeah. He's a baby. Yeah. Like what's going to be the next 10 years of Giannis and how is that, do you think, going to kind of affect us in the NBA? So in the book, (laughs) during, um, during the book, there's this theme about like him developing his voice. He was somebody that did not want to speak up on the court, off the court, especially when it comes to matters of, of race and immigration. And slowly, you know, the book charts how he's saying a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And if you talk to Nigerian journalists, which I did for the book, there is a sense of we want to have a deeper connection with him. And he represents Greece so hard, but doesn't really talk about his Nigerian uh, you know side as much and you know there's only like snippets of quotes and so I think you know we've seen Giannis be a bit more vocal about social issues and certainly he was on that panel with um, Barack Obama who was like you should show more of yourself Giannis and I think he he is he's just like just as we watched him 
his game mature, he's maturing as a, a person, a 26-year-old man. And with that comes realizing your platform and your voice. So I just think you're going to hear more from him on these issues that maybe he hasn't been as outspoken about because now, now he he can. You know, I think early in his career, it was clear from a lot of my reporting that, you know, the situation was so tenuous. The Greek government barely gave him citizenship to be able to come to the NBA, just wasn't in a position where he felt comfortable to talk about these things. Um, And I think if he does, he will have an impact that goes so far beyond basketball. And he's only just beginning to tap into that potential. Can he play for the Nigerian Olympic team? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think so. Technic- I, I don't know if he has dual citizenship, but I know that um, like one journalist was telling me, he's like, you know, we don't mind that he plays on, you know, another team. We have a lot of players that go on and play for different teams, but, you know, we want him to come more. We want him to like visit and talk to us and be around us. So I'm, I'm curious to see if he's going to do that more. Oh, I got one last quick thing. Did he really take a bike to practice? Did he really ride his bike on the highway to practice? I don't know about that. I don't think he did. That was just some random shit they used to say. He got drafted and like he like sent his whole first game check home and okay, he did that. Yeah, he did that. But he gave okay this the woman he he was late and then he was running and this lady Jane Gallup was like oh my god it's Giannis and then she pulls out down her window in the most Midwest thing and it's like do you need help and then he's like can you take me to the Bradley Center and then she drives him so that that did happen but it's. It's funny you should bring that up because there's just so much myth around Giannis. It's almost become like the legend is bigger than like the man. It's it's really funny to relive some of those stories. Well, speaking of uh, the legend, I, uh, one last quick thing. The NBA is entering its uh, 75th season. And big news is that they're going to be kind of redoing their their top 50 players into the top 75 uh, players of all time. Where do you, what number, what range is Giannis in? Putting you on the spot here. Oh, God. Just say number one. Don't make Benner try to <laughs> corner you. Number one. Don't. You will not put me in a box. You will not put me in a corner. We're going number one. Go. No, I have no idea. <laughs> He's got to be top 15, right? I don't top know. 25, top 25. Top 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Mirren, thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks, Jamel. That was <laughs> a, nice, a, nice, a nice assist. Thank you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Mirren, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Uh, your book comes out tomorrow. Where can people get it? Anywhere you buy books. Uh, independent stores, which I love. Support them. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Bookshop, IndieBound. Yeah. Is anywhere. there a website that gets you the most money possible? Sadly, it's Amazon. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I should have said that Amazon determines the things like bestseller lists. Got I, it. You know, so if you want to support your bad. book and also get Jeff Bezos to space again, yeah, oh my so. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> help out Aaron and Jeff. Uh, Go to Amazon.com and get <laughs> and get Aaron's book. Aaron, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it. Thank you. That was so fun, you guys. Thanks so much.